0: Live, Mike. Pittsburgh Steeler fans, it is time once again for another edition of the Live Mike Podcast. My name is Michael Beck, your deputy editor of BehindTheSteelCurtain.com, and we're bringing it to you again this week, breaking down, well, it's the cut deadline officially today, Tuesday, yes, we are here. The rosters are about to uh, kind of become a, a little more settled, and of course, over the coming uh, the coming hours, honestly, after this uh, show drops, more things are gonna become official, more thr- trades are gonna come down the pipeline. This is a busy day, and this is your primer to know exactly what to, to kind of look out for. So to kick things off right at the top, all these cuts have to be in at 4 o'clock p.m. Eastern Time. If you're on the West Coast, that is 1 o'clock. That's when all these All these cuts will be starting to trickle in, become official, get put in through the wire. So, of course, throughout the day, you're going to hear about these guys' uh, names starting to leak out. And we already have seen a number of them already in this situation. It's going to be like this over the coming, coming hours, more so and more so throughout the day until eventually we get to the completion of that cut deadline. From there, once the players have been axed, uh, league-wide teams will start to uh, put together a 16-man practice squad that is the expanded rules continuation uh, from the 2020 season, uh, from which there will be five additional spots to uh, put any type of veteran player onto your practice squad so you're able to uh, call them up throughout the season whenever you may need them. Those players can still be poached by other teams, however, so just because they're on the practice squad doesn't mean they're gonna be a Pittsburgh Steeler all year long. Uh, Just getting guys there is hard enough, but going throughout an entire season with keeping your best practice squad players on the practice squad is a whole lot easier said than done. So between those two things, and kind of revolving it back to the Pittsburgh Steelers, where do we stand right now? So currently, Depending on your source, the Steelers have about 68 players remaining on their roster, meaning they have to cut an additional 15. They got to get down to 53 players. Of course, some of them have already started to trickle in, but haven't become official yet. Uh, we know Rico Bussey, uh, Cam Kennedy, and Jordan Berry were uh, some of the names that uh, unofficially kind of popped up today. I believe Jamar Watson was another. Uh, so at least four names uh, kind of trickled in already. And Chris Boswell, uh, longtime Steelers kicker, made a post about uh, his special teams brethren. So I think it's pretty fair to say that both Kennedy and Jordan Berry are off the team, uh, meaning uh, rookie, Presley Harvin III will become the Steelers punter, and uh, longtime uh, battler of Cam Canada's Christian Kuntz will become the Steelers long snapper. With those moves, though, you also have to keep in mind the Steelers have uh, moved on from some veteran players to some very, very cheap, either rookies or uh, vet minimum type guys. Just those special teams moves alone, the Steelers have saved themselves over 500 k on their salary cap. One of the other things you have to look for, though, is these uh, final rosters get put together. That uh, rule of 53, all 53 guys are going to count towards the cap now. Uh, so officially, that 51-man uh, cap total... Uh, of the upper limit, uh, those top 51 contracts, expands to 53. All 53 guys will count towards the salary cap. The Steelers are already making moves in directions where they're gonna save a little bit of money. Now, throughout the rest of the roster, this is going to be a pretty busy day. Of course, we've talked a lot, at nauseum really, about uh, players that they could potentially be mining trade value out of, try to move off the roster and try to recoup a draft pick. Uh, I know one of the names that we were kind of hoping for was Jordan Berry, who's been punting some of his best football throughout his entire career, this uh, training camp and preseason. However, now, of course, he was cut. They're not recouping anything for Jordan Berry at this point, but there are some positions that you can still hold out some hope for one of those being the quarterback spot of course uh, the four guys there big ben at the top he's not going anywhere mason rudolph and Dwayne haskins are kind of the, the middle two three quarterback and then josh dobbs kind of rounding out that group if the Steelers were to get some sort of decent offer for Rudolph and/or Haskins, I, I feel like they should still absolutely entertain that idea because we know how valuable Josh Dobbs is on the sideline to Ben, kind of acting like another extra offensive coordinator, extra quarterback coach, really, uh, just another set of eyes that uh, the Steelers starter trusts. And the reality of it. In professional football, you should only have one starting quarterback throughout the year. There's no, there really is no reason uh, other than uh, developing uh, your future to have another quarterback behind your starter unless your starter stinks. And honestly, if you've listened to my podcast enough over uh, the last what six months since the season ended, I'm still on Team Big Ben Roethlisberger as being a at least at minimum a top 16 quarterback in the NFL. Uh, and honestly, his stat line will probably probably look uh, a lot closer to the top 10. Potentially higher than that, but we will let those cards fall however they may be. As for the trade, Josh Dobbs, of course, is the easy cut, but if you can get some value out of Rudolph or Haskins and something that's a little bit more than what uh, you'd be expecting those uh, either of those two to, to fetch, the Steelers might be wise to kind of go down that route. In my opinion, neither of those guys are ready or will ever be ready to be uh, a long-term NFL starter instead of being career backups. If the Steelers are interested in finding Ben. Ross, replacement they're probably going to have to do that in the draft and the best way to do that is to trade up in the first round and the best way to do that is having a lot of draft capital something the Steelers do not have currently for that uh, 2022 draft class Uh, banking on a lot of compensatory selections which do not become official for many many months from now and we'll get to that well after this season is concluded. Outside of that position, one of the more interesting things to watch as a Steelers fan is what the Steelers do at the running back spot. Namely, how many guys they're going to take. Obviously, Najee Harris is going to be the guy at the top. He is going to also get a bulk of the snaps. I wouldn't be surprised if he was healthy all year long. He played 90% or more of the snaps at running back, which is a pretty ridiculous total. But for running back snaps and how uh, Coach Tallman likes to uh, bell cow out his tailback, I feel like that's exactly the system they're looking at. That makes things interesting with how they round out the roster. If there's only three spots, Harris is one of them, I think Anthony McFarland is pretty dead set to be the other one as your kind of change of pace type guy, uh, potential kind of a motion orbit type guy who can uh, also line up in the slot. I, I think that also holds another position. The third spot though, is someone that you'd want to be kind of a true backup, someone that has a similar style to Najee Harris, who could actually, uh, if they had to start a game, it it would translate to the offense better than an Anthony McFarland would. So that basically comes down to between Benny Snell and Kalen Balage. In my opinion, if uh, e- either guy were to be cut, the most likely guy to be claimed by far is Benny Snell. I feel like he would be picked up by some other team uh, a whole heck of a lot faster than Kalen Balage would. And I think that's, that's the kind of gamble you're playing here. If you were to release Kalen Bellage, of, like of course, how long he waited on that, uh, on that market, uh, eventually signing that minimum deal to come to the Pittsburgh Steelers, I feel like if he were to be released, he is not going to end up anywhere and could still be slid onto the Steelers practice squad. If Harris were to be hurt, uh, the Steelers could call it Belage and have both Snell and Belage as that kind of uh, uh, Najee Harris uh, kind of uh, backup type role because they play a similar game. Of course, not quite that talent level, uh, but I'm definitely not saying he is regardless. If they were to carry a fourth running back though, and, and this is something that just doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me, I suppose they could just carry both guys anyway. I feel like it's the end of the line for Jalen Samuels. Pretty much no matter what here, I'd be surprised if he made the fifty-three at this point. It just it just doesn't make much sense for them to hold on to him for another year. So those are kind of the the running back and quarterback spots taken care of, continuing along with the offense. Uh, Like another interesting spot, but not one that's really jumping out, of course, at wide receiver. First and foremost is what happens with James Washington because all signs point to that uh, trade request being true, but it doesn't really feel like the Steelers are are too uh, kind of actively trying to move out James Washington. Really, I I feel like this situation ends with uh, either Washington re-upping in Pittsburgh next year after, say, Juju smith shoes, on his expiring deal, uh, leaves to another franchise or with Washington just flat out leaving on his own to have a a more premier role, which honestly, I think all Steelers fans being able to watch him the last three seasons is something he deserves. James Washington deserves a bigger role. Whether or not that's in Pittsburgh, I'm not going to complain if he uh, winds up elsewhere. Outside of that, though, the Steelers top four, if Washington's there, is cemented. The fifth spot, however, it does feel like it's Ray Ray McLeod's spot to lose. But, of course, uh, Matthew Sexton did make a push to try to be that uh, kick returner. I think he shot himself in the foot, however, trying to uh, become uh, a little too cute with the football in that game against the Carolina Panthers, that uh, finale of the preseason. That is a spot to kind of watch for, especially if the Steelers were to take three running backs and try to opt to uh, bring another receiver into the season with them. I, I I just don't see that core being much different from what it was a year ago. Uh, two other offensive spots, of course, we've got to get to before we flip over to the second half of our show. First and foremost is that tight end position. We know Ebron and Fryermuth are occupying the top two spots. And it's possible the Steelers only go into the year with two guys at tight end. But uh, I feel like it's more, much more likely where they follow last year's model, carrying three tight ends in the year, which basically comes down to Gentry or Raider. Gentry has definitely improved his game as a tight end in the National Football League the last number of seasons. Zach, or excuse me, uh, Kevin Rader is someone that uh, showed a, a little bit of special teams prowess. Of course, the Steelers have a, a number of good special teams players, but Raider definitely left an impact late in the 2020 season. So really, it comes down to uh, whether or not the Steelers want their extra tight end to be a big-time special teams contributor or not. Uh, uh, for an example, running down kicks, you're not really getting that out of Gentry, but that's something uh, uh, Raider would give you. So really, It really comes down to kind of a a pick your poison, how you really want to use this guy. So seeing which one remains on the roster is going to tell you a little bit more about how the Steelers plan on rounding out their depth chart and special teams. Of course, if Gentry makes it on the team, I would suspect a little bit more uh, kind of heavy type uh, formations where the Steelers have multiple tight ends on the field that they need to uh, block on any given situation. Now, of course, uh, we should also wrap uh, up the first half talking about the offensive line. The Steelers O-line, of course, has its critics throughout the year. But one of the things that we still need to watch is Zach Banner only played 12 snaps in the preseason. Uh, he wasn't able to make it on the trip to Carolina because of injury. Uh, not knowing exactly what it was, other than that staying at home in Pittsburgh for treatment was better for Zach Banner than heading down to Carolina and participating in the game. Mike Tomlin's words, not mine. So that is an interesting kind of thing to look out for, whether or not Zach Banner ends up on, a, on some sort of uh, physically unable to to perform list, uh, s- such as like an injured reserve designated to return, which would shut him down for a number of weeks before he's able to come back. But with Dan Moore Jr. practicing at left tackle and Chukz Okorafor playing on the right side, all of a sudden, uh, you've got to look at this situation and make some sort of assumption that the Pittsburgh Steelers are looking into going into the season without Zach Banner being available in week one. Hopefully, he becomes health- healthy enough where the Steelers can roll like that, but uh, right now, it's not looking so great. The rest of the offensive line is falling into place exactly how we thought it would be. Kevin Dotson on the left, Kendrick Green at center, and then uh, Trey Turner at right guard. Uh, the backup spots, we kind of know how it's going to fall uh, J.C. Hasenauer uh, was much better this preseason than he's ever showed, especially uh, in that uh, time he played in the 2020 season. Uh, B.J. Finney, he didn't play a ton at center, if, if at all, but uh, he looked all right at guard. It comes down between Finney and Coward, uh, Rashard Coward, that is, uh, to make that position. So we'll see how that kind of ends up. But there really isn't anything that's going to stun me too much at that uh, along that offensive line. I suppose watching Joe Haig, which... I I know a lot of people will tell you it isn't going to get cut, but I still wouldn't be surprised if he did. It's just one of those numbers numbers things, but we'll see how it all kind of works out. So that does it for the first half of today's show. Uh, if you're uh, hanging out with us today, just uh, we're going to jump into a quick commercial break. Sit tight. We will be back in just a moment. Pittsburgh Steelers fans it is time for the second half of the live mic podcast. Once again my name is Michael Beck, your deputy editor of behindthesteelcurtain.com and we are doing a, a little bit of a primer for cutdown day of course uh Tuesday uh The day is now, uh, as soon as this podcast drops, uh, we will be ticking down the minutes, heck, the seconds to that cut deadline as those uh, moves start trickling in, and we know they will, uh, and uh, they will be coming in hot, and uh, I don't really anticipate any big, crazy cuts by the Pittsburgh Steelers, especially the team and the direction they're trending in. It just doesn't, uh, they don't look like a team that's going to be making any kind of bold decision right now. But we should talk about the defense, of course. Uh, first half of the show, we broke down the offense side of the football. Defensively, uh, kicking things off at the corner position, and uh, we'll work our way in from there. At corner... I think we already know what the Steelers' starters are going to look like, but then it comes to those depth spots and whether or not they make a move for another corner, which, if you ask me, if you ask Jeffrey Benedict, if you ask Jeff Hartman, Dave Scove, basically if you ask anyone from BehindTheSteelCurtain.com staff, it feels like an inevitability that the Steelers land some sort of corner, uh, whether or not it's a player from an outside team or a trade to upgrade the spot, especially at that nickel position. I know Bryce Callahan's a name that's been talked about a lot and one that the Steelers have called to check in on. I don't know if it's gone past anything other than an initial contact, but that's something we need to see. One of those spots, honestly, is going to come from a player more than likely outside the organization that the time of recording this show isn't currently a Pittsburgh Steeler. Outside of that, you kind of got to look at uh, those kind of depth Depth spots Could a Mark Gilbert climb his way on this team? Of course, you know, Shakur Brown got cut, and the Steelers have no plans on uh, signing him to the practice squad, which is kind of mind-boggling uh, to think of the uh, undrafted free agent with the largest signing bonus in Steelers history getting cut just a few weeks later with no interest for the team for uh, even a one redshirt kind of de- developmental year. Yeah, the Steelers said, uh uh And uh, I've kind of moved along That one was a bit of a shocker Um, But that corner spot, again, it's one to watch It almost seems like Justin Lane's going to fluke his way into another NFL year Sorry if you're listening, Justin But uh, he struggled mightily uh, throughout uh, all his playing time in the regular season uh, The last couple of years after being a third-round pick for the Pittsburgh Steelers Uh, But they just don't have the bodies Justin Lane's going to find his way on this team once again Moving out to safety, this one is kind of one of those up-in-the-air things, once again, because the Steelers don't really have many safeties past their starters. You know, Micah Fitzpatrick, you know Terrell Edmonds, and Trey Norwood, I suppose, is kind of that uh, number one free safety backup now with almost no competition behind him, which is pretty insane for the Pittsburgh Steelers to roll a seventh-round pick as a primary backup into the season. But that's just the, the way we're rolling into this year, so hopefully uh, Norwood uh, is ready to go. But right now, I don't anticipate anything anything crazy coming down from that Uh, Strong safety, however, I guess Miles Killebrew is your backup uh, strong safety, a guy that played linebacker the last couple seasons in that kind of Marcus Allen type role. Uh, Of course, he's uh, reunited with coach Terrell Austin, who uh, drafted him to Detroit and made him a strong safety before Austin left. And Killebrew was bumped down to that inside linebacker position. So safety, I wouldn't expect anything crazy outside of them, perhaps trying to bring in another body. I, I, don't, uh, I don't foresee them uh, making any uh, bold moves at the safety position though, and are just more likely to try to rotate one of the corners up to uh, safety in the event of an injury bringing things down to inside linebacker, and now things start to get a little bit of spicy because uh, that inside-outside linebacker spot, we know the Steelers like to carry nine of them total. Whether or not it's five guys on the inside or five guys on the outside varies by year, and it just varies by talent level and who uh, Danny, uh, Danny Smith thinks is going to be a better contributor on special teams. Those kind of depth linebacker roles typically fall to guys that have a little bit more special teams prowess, so that's something to keep in mind. When the cuts come down, and, and you get mad that your favorite uh, outside or inside linebacker, uh, depth player that is, uh, got the axe. Well, That's probably because they're not a very good special teams contributor and that's their number one job being uh, the, the ninth linebacker on this team. So some names to watch out for as cut candidates. I think, of course, Ulysses Gilbert III. His time is, it, it, I feel like he's one of those guys that's just come to an end. He was terrible all preseason long. He lost snaps. He, He's—he Remember that uh, week one game that he was healthy but Mike Tomlin refused to give him a helmet despite having almost no depth at inside linebacker at all. It was just one of those things where... Ulysses Gilbert III continues to hang on but uh, everything is just trending in the wrong direction for him lasting on this team any longer so that's someone I kind of anticipate getting the chop. Of course Marcus Allen is another name that uh, you should watch out for who I think he might have played himself onto the roster but battling some injury you don't know for certain. We know Joe Schobert and Devin Bush are going to be the starters so not to worry there. The most likely backups Robert Splain and uh, Buddy Johnson will be backing them up. Then it becomes whether or not there's a fifth inside linebacker or a Fifth guy on the outside. Of course, the outside linebacker spots. You got T.J. Watt, Melvin, uh, yeah, Melvin Ingram. Goodness gracious, already forgetting his name. (laughs) And then you have Alex Highsmith as your three starters. Your fourth guy comes down to a a competition of three players. In my opinion, Jameer Jones has earned that spot over both Quincy Rocher and Cassius Marsh, and it's particularly not close. He's also been a a beast on special teams, so I think he earns that uh, fourth spot. Then it comes down to, uh, I guess, Marcus Allen. Ulysses Gilbert III, Cassius Marsh, Quincy Roche on who gets that final linebacker spot. A bunch of guys are going to get cut. A bunch of those names, all of them but one really, are going to get the axe. And uh, we will find out shortly who that's going to be. If I was a betting man, I feel like the Steelers try to uh, side with their draft pick in Quincy Roche. Uh, If he makes it to the market, I think some team picks him up or at least tries to place them on his their practice roster. Whatever it is, uh, I think the Steelers try to we- weasel their way in keeping Rocher on this team. But uh, it-, it could go a number of different directions based on, like I said earlier, that special teams usage. Now kicking things into the, uh, the defensive line and kind of our last talking point, because we already know the special teams has already been sorted out. D-line-wise, we know there's eight guys. There are eight ballers on that defensive line that all have the right to play on this team. The problem is, historically, the Steelers usually only carry six in the season. Last year was an anomaly. They took seven because, once again, they were that talented. The Steelers managed to bring all seven of those guys back, and then they flipped another draft pick uh, into getting Isaiah Loudermilk, who put together a nice little preseason and offseason for himself, and he absolutely earns a spot on this team and isn't going anywhere anytime soon. We know the guys at the top of the depth chart. They're not going nowhere. Really, this one comes down to Henry Mondo, who... Honestly, was one of the best Steelers uh, interior defensive linemen the entire preseason. And at this point, I'd be surprised if Mondo got the axe, especially because he has that ability to play special teams that we've seen in uh, 2020. Uh, Another guy that uh, plays that role, Carlos Davis, was the guy chasing down kicks as a defensive lineman. Was that enough to win him a spot? On the Pittsburgh Steelers team, it might just be enough. Uh, Isaiah Bugs uh, struggled early in the year, uh, in the preseason that is, but kind of got better as the preseason went on. So that's kind of one other guy to uh, c- keep an eye on. But I, I feel like I've been saying this throughout the entire process that Bugs is probably going to end up being that odd man out. So that kind of kind of wraps things up for uh, the Steelers kind of cuts and position battles and where it's going to all fall out. Outside of that and after that is the outside moves that the Steelers uh, have to consider making. Of course, that T.J. Watt extension is uh, long believed to be coming to a close. Uh, It it didn't get done now. The Steelers might, uh, of course, they have a ton of business to attend to on Tuesday. Uh, Perhaps look for the rest of the week for that deal to get done. It really does feel like T.J. Watt's extension will be done in the coming days. There's just too much work in my my eyes for the Steelers to do uh, to get it done with all these other moves on Tuesday, but... I guess we've all been wrong before. So we'll see how that one plays out. Of course, Joe Hayden is another guy that wants a contract, but I don't think that one will get done at least until the 11th hour of this season starting. And once again, the Steelers making some sort of move for cornerback, uh, whether that's a trade for a guy like Bryce Callahan or waiting to see uh, who becomes available on that uh, open market because of the cutdowns. But once again, I want to thank you for tuning in to today's edition of the Live Mike Podcast. Once again, my name is Michael Beck. You can follow along on Twitter. At Michael Beck fifty six. I love interacting with each and every one of you guys. So uh, I'll be uh, tweeting as much as I can throughout the the day's events. It's uh, one of those big calendar days because once the cuts are done, the practice squads are finalized. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time for the regular season. Maybe one or two uh, other kind of outside trans- transactions are necessary, but after the cuts are done. It's just minor things and move here and there, ladies and gentlemen, it is time for National Football League regular season football. Be excited, I know I am, and I want to thank you once again for tuning in to today's show. Uh, You've been listening to the live mic. Make sure you click over to BehindTheSteelCurtain.com, should be your one-stop shop for all things Pittsburgh Steelers, from commentary to film rooms, you name it, we got it, game grades, everything is over on BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. And while I'm talking about the website, you're only getting uh, about half the content because there's 25 original podcast titles on the Behind the Steel Curtain uh, family of podcasts. So make sure you're checking them out. Uh, Listen to all the, the hosts that you love. And of course, Jeff Hartman's Let's Ride podcast, because of course, I make that appearance on Fridays. Really kind of uh, boost up the credibility of that show. Uh, just kidding. We, we all love Jeff's uh, Let's, R- Let's Ride and his Ride or Die crew. So uh, make sure you're tuning in to that as well. But once again, thank you for tuning in to the live mic. We will catch you guys soon.